Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, Special Topic Thursday, where we are set to engage a very, very important topic. This evening is going to be a response uh, to recent remarks given uh, by presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg. Uh, As many of you know, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, he was on the cover of a magazine talking about how his gay marriage brings him closer to God. So what I have done is I've asked Andrew Palmquist, the station manager, to come in and join me this evening to talk about, well, what Pete Buttigieg was talking about in response to what Vice President Pence was talking about in relationship to the dynamic between gay marriage and whether or not it brings you closer to God. So, Andrew, great to have you with me this evening. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be here. So, Andrew, before we get into this topic, I, I think we need to just kind of establish what we're about here this evening. We're not here to, say, condemn Pete Buttigieg to hell, okay, <laughs> in as much as we are putting a challenge before him, uh, maybe to reconsider some of the ways he was thinking, and, and those who are in that camp, if you will. Um, why? Because in spite of what Mayor Pete Buttigieg believes, God has challenged us <laughs> to challenge one another and to fraternally correct based on revealed truth. And so as we embark upon our discussion this evening, it is to say that you know we are instruments, we are vessels to accompany one another, to bring one another closer to God, not based upon what we think, but based upon what has been revealed by God, right? Uh, This is about really a discussion that will hopefully convict our listeners to think, if you think that this is okay, maybe more critically, about right from wrong, uh, truth from untruth. The question of whether or not it's okay, it may be okay in our culture, but whether or not it's pleasing, I guess, okay would be whether it's pleasing to God or it can be seen as culturally permissible. Yeah. The the instance is California was one of the first states to pass gay marriage, and it is the law of the land. And as, as a Christian, we acknowledge certain things, and as a citizen, maybe we acknowledge other things as, be, as being still a citizen of the United States where gay marriage is the law of the land. Yeah, just because something has been made, put into law, doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Martin Luther King once famously said that uh, the Holocaust, according to German law, was okay. That didn't make it right. Okay, I mean, and this, of course, is, is what we're dealing with uh, here in the United States as it relates to abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when something has been institutionalized, that doesn't mean it's okay. In point of fact, when you go into early Christianity, why were the first... Christian martyrs martyred? Well, because they did not bow down to the emperor. Mm. <laughs> they did not bow down to the law, right, in as much as they conform themselves to 
not only the natural law, but also the divine law, the law revealed by God. So this is very important to our discussion. And something else I think is very important to our discussion, Andrew, and I think you were hitting at it, hinting at it, is that there's a tendency for us today to allow our political affiliations to form our understanding of the Bible or revealed truth, as opposed to allowing the Bible or revealed truth to form our understanding in who we should be as a liberal or conservative or Democrat or, or Republican and so on and so forth. Mm. Right? We, have, we have put the, the, the tail before the dog, where the tail is now wagging the dog, if in fact we claim to be a liberal or conservative uh, before our Christian faith. It's our Christian faith that brings to light our understanding of what it means to be a more faithful citizen, right? And so that is another key piece for us this evening. Mm. And whether or not we make God in our image or whether he made us in his image, and whether we look to create for ourselves an Americanized version of the gospel and Jesus, or whether we can acknowledge what is ultimately uh, truth. Yes, Amen to that. And to some extent, as we talk about this, we have to be present to how we think about freedom, right? Because when you read the article, uh, specifically the interview that, that uh, May- Mayor Pete Buttigieg did on his gay relationship, his gay marriage, call it what you will, mm. and how it brings him closer to God, you know, there was this deep sense of he's more free. But the question I would put before him and, and everyone out there is, what does it mean to be free? I often give the example, Andrew, you know, I have four kids, as my listening audience knows, and my oldest, who's now 13, unbelievably so, when he was four, he started piano lessons. And if I were to ask you, is he free to play the piano as a four-year-old? You might say, yeah, he can go over to the piano and he can strike the keys and he's free to play the piano. But if you were to really critically think about it, When I ask you the question, is he free to play the piano, you would say no. Why? Because he hasn't learned the language, the rubric of how to play the piano. You know, fast forward nine years now, he's been taking piano lessons for nine years, and he's writing his own music. Mm. And why can he do that? Because he's learned the language of the piano. He understands how to not only play the piano, but, but read music. So he can just go to a piano, pull up a a piece and play it, right? He is more free to play the piano, right? We are not free to the extent that we can do whatever we want to do, a license to do whatever we want to do. No, freedom is tied to what we ought to do based upon revelation, based upon something that has been revealed outside of us, right? What is objective? When you talk about and objective, you're talking about what is external, what is revealed, what is seen, what is discernible, right? Mm. And that, I think, is really at the heart of, of our discussion as we begin to get into what Mayor Pete Buttigieg has, has to say. It just reminds me that God, God says he, he desires obedience over sacrifice. Mm. And so sometimes following those rules, operating with it, coloring within the lines, and li- you know, living life const- constrained in, in a little bit, in, you know, in the minor ways, it gives glory to God in the big ways. Mm, amen. I like that, Andrew, and it's, it's interesting. As you say obedience, I look at that word, and I'm reminded that it, that's a word that means uh, to listen, 
obadire, to listen and really to listen well. Mm. It's intended that word in the Latin to be juxtaposed uh, against the word absurd. The word absurd comes from the Latin to not listen well. Really? Yeah, so in the Christian <laughs> moral life, <laughs> what is absurd is simply when we fail to listen, right? As opposed to being obedient and listening well. Uh, there's a reason why we read in the great Christological hymn, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11, that he was obedient unto the cross. He listened well mm. all the way unto the cross. And so how do you connect listening to revealed truth? Well, how do you best listen? What's in the word listen but to be silent, right? Mm. Even if you play around with the letters. <laughs> listen <laughs> to the same letters to silent. Okay. Anyhow, let's get to Mayor Pete Buttigieg's words here, specifically as they were highlighted in many articles out there and what he talked about in the interview. He says this, Being married to Chasen has made me a better human being because it has made me more compassionate, more understanding, more self-aware, and more decent. My marriage to Chasen has made me a better man. And yes, Mr. Vice President, it has moved me closer to God. So he's responding there to remarks made by Vice President uh, Pence that uh, if you are uh, in a gay marriage, you cannot be close to God. So what do we do with this? Well, I think it is important to engage as we're talking about revelation, revelation, because at every stage of divine revelation, from Genesis on through the New Testament, God has been pretty clear, Andrew, about homosexual acts as sinful and disordered. And here I would like to start with Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, where we read, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Now, Andrew, some would suggest that in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word for abomination speaks to ceremonial law. But what we have to notice here is that uh, chapter 18, verse 22, is sandwiched between moral laws and not ceremonial laws. So, for example, verse 20 condemns adultery. Verse, verse 21 condemns child sacrifice. Verse 23 condemns bestiality. So the other verses in this section, in these series of verses in Leviticus chapter 18, describe moral evils that as the author of Leviticus calls them defilements, profanity, perversion, and in the case of same-sex marriage, uh, abominations. Now, I bring this up because some would say that, no, these, this homosexuality or same-sex attraction is metaphorical and it's tied to ceremonial laws and it's not actual, you know, male with male, female with female. Well, that's not to the context Right, And this is echoed in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man lies with a male as with a female, both of them have committed, once again, an abomination. Mm. That's, that's strong language. And what is the, the root of that word, abomination? It's a Hebrew word that speaks to defilement, um, uncleanliness. Is it more spiritual, or would it be... In, in impurity. There is a deep anthropological sense to it. Yeah, so there is in its immediate context, a direct reference to what uh, the author of Leviticus is talking about here. What, what we have always thought for the last 2,000 years up until the last few years, that mm. this is what it says it is. Mm. 
male line with male and female line with uh, female. You know, Paul, and we have to remember something here, Andrew, Paul, formerly known as Saul, was the prized pupil of Rabbi Gamaliel. Rabbi Gamaliel is the rabbi mentioned in Acts 5, who was the rabbi of rabbis. Mm. It was said of Rabbi Gamaliel, as we know from first century Jewish historian Josephus, that <laughs> when, the when uh, Rabbi Gamaliel died, the glory of the Torah died, which I speak to because it references the significance of who Paul's teacher was. And why do I talk about that? Well, because, Andrew, I know there's objections to some people who read Paul and say, well, he just didn't fully understand the Old Testament. Well, A, the inspired Word of God is the inspired Word of God, but B, Saul was the prized pupil of the prized rabbi, right? He had the Old Testament on his fingertips, so he understood what the Old Testament was about. So when in his letter to the Church of Rome, in chapter 1, verse 18, we have to understand where they come from. He gets Greco-Roman culture quite well. Uh, so he says this in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them in the things that have been made. So here, Paul is talking about what, Andrew? But the natural law, right? So they are without excuse. They became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Mm. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural Right? You can spin this Greek any way, which way you want. <laughs> this is revealed truth. It is always first to understand that it's what God says to us, and then second, based upon what God says to us, how we come to better understand God. Right? This is what sacred scripture is about. So we go on. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their heir. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. Now, again, as I just said, Andrew, you can spin the Greek any which way. That is as clear as it gets. Mm. And some of the revisionist, revisionist interpretation, Andrew, would suggest that not only does, well, Paul not understand Greek and Greco-Roman culture, but also he has no experience with those or no ministerial encounters with those who have struggled with same-sex attraction. That's nonsense. It's because he did that he's writing this letter to, to Rome. You know, we also read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and following, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is a clear message. Now, when Mayor Pete says that he became more compassionate and more understanding and more self-aware, I'm, I'm assuming he's not just saying that it was when he got his marriage license, but throughout this relationship or experience that he had with what we would characterize as sinful, 
do you think it's possible for God, maybe on assuming that there's a long track that's being unwound, that on that long track that God is teaching Mayor Buttigieg something through this homosexual experience or the struggles of daily life or being whatever, I'm just trying to say whatever good he may say he's taking out of it is good that we may also learn from our sin. You know, when we go 100 miles an hour and we get that speeding ticket, yeah, yeah. And we, we feel bad for a minute and we'd learn from our mistake. Mm-hmm. And so may, maybe he's not acknowledging yet that it's a mistake, but he's saying, I went 100 miles an hour. I've, I've had people that put me down and I, I'm learning and I'm becoming more compassionate and a better man because of all the prejudice that I feel as a homosexual. That is my hope. Really, that is my hope. As we have people close to us who are in same-sex relationships or who are struggling with same-sex attraction, uh, they feel trapped. They feel trapped. Uh, As someone who does know a lot of folks who struggle with this, I have been spending less time talking about what we're talking about on air right now and more time trying to get inside the wound or the brokenness to journey with them. But it doesn't mean we stop talking about it, right? The police officer has to stop us and say, right, you are going 35 miles per hour over the speed limit because it's dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And so this is what we're doing. And hey, what does Paul say, by the way, just a few verses later? I was just talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Well, in just two verses, in verse 11, <laughs> he says, this is what some of you used to be. Right. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. We talked about uh, this as well before we came on air. Our hope for this radio program is that we might convict people who are out there. And it's not us who are convicting in as much as it is the Holy Spirit who is convicting our listening audience, as it is the Holy Spirit who inspired the Word of God, as it is the Holy Spirit who inspired Paul to write but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Within the Catholic Church, we have a Catholic apostolate called Courage, Mm. Andrew, where, again, just not hundreds, but thousands of Catholics have found their their sexual orientation and are now happily married. Men and women who were in same-sex relationships are now happily married to the opposite sex with kids and are truly free, right, because they're now obedient to their masculinity or to their femininity. This is quintessential, Andrew, as we talk about this. Now, there's something else here. How are we doing on time? We have a little bit more time. There's something else here, Andrew, that Mayor Pete Buttigieg says that I think would be good to respond to. He says, uh, and that's the thing I wish the Mike Pence's of the world would understand. If you've got a problem with who I am, your problem is not with me. Your quarrel, sir, is with my creator. Speaking only for myself, I can tell you that if my being gay was a choice, it was a choice that was made far, far above my pay grade. Now, (laughs) on this point, there's some just practical points we need to talk about, Andrew, to the least of which is that the American Psychological Association, which for all intents and purposes, if we're going to call for what it is, is a very liberal psychological outlet, outfit. It's a top psychological research center they themselves have said have said the gay gene is a myth if you go all the way back into 1989 the authors of after the ball which is really a sort of manifesto and gay plan for the gay rights movement 
admitted this. Mm. You know, in this manifesto, they concluded the public should be led to believe that the born this way argument, because it's so useful for creating sympathy and pro-gay policy, um, we need to put it out there. Uh, not that it's true, but we need to put it out there because it's something that can get people to think differently. Now, incidentally, the irony to all of this, Andrew, is that the LGBT, or rather I should say the LGB movement, has largely retired the born this way argument. Why? To make way for the T. Oh. <laughs> the, the transgender identity. I see. Right? So in place of, I was born this way and I can't change, we now hear, I was born this way, it was wrong, and I want to change. It seemingly contradicts itself. It does. Right? And this is part of what was, I think, really in the mind of, you know, that manifesto after the ball. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, this has very little to do with what is, quote-unquote, above my pay grade and a whole lot more to do with our individual choices. The choices we make, not in light of Revelation, but in this case, in light of what we want Revelation to be, but what it in fact it isn't. Right. And, and I don't think our, our quarrel wouldn't be with God as to why he's allowing people the freedom to make mistakes. Pete Buttigieg is seeing it that way, that he's, he's free to experiment, and if his experiments don't align with what we see as appropriate, then take it up with God. But that's that doesn't really follow sound logic. It might be what he's internalizing for himself, and I can see that that's the decision that he's came to for his in his mind of who he thinks God is, is that a good God wouldn't create me and allow me to experiment this way and have me feel that it's uh, pleasurable and at the same time require that I change what I enjoy about myself. Yeah. But I, I think that there's a there's a many, many, many distinctions along politics, religion, culture, and what we see as okay, what we see as suitable, and what we see as ordained by God. And so some of those words can be jumbled around, and then you're saying, which, where's the real standard if you can say that God made me this way, this is okay, and therefore I'm never going to change? Yeah, God gave us the capacity to reason reason in light of what has been revealed, right? There, Andrew, is a sacramentality to our bodies, right? Uh, you know that I am sad if I'm crying. You know that I am happy if I'm laughing. You know that I'm embarrassed if you see red cheeks. There is a sacramentality to our body, which is to say we are male, and for those who are female, are female. We uh, come to realize the best version of who we are called to be in light of that sacramentality of who we are. Um, and we can't play games with that. So in the end, you know, as it relates to Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Andrew, most men face a mighty battle in trying to overcome lustful thoughts. Saying that God made me this way, most people can reason that's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. You know, self-mastery and living within God's norms these are both possible. Why? Because of God's grace. God no more creates a person to have a homosexual inclination than he creates a person to be promiscuous or, or to be an alcoholic. Right. Regardless of the attractions and weaknesses with which we are born, we are summoned to overcome 
those shortcomings with his grace. And there's a big misunderstanding that it's our place to judge, and that if if a, somebody that doesn't fit our mold of what's correct comes to us, then we're all we're going to do is judge them. But even even Jesus in John three John three fifteen says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that by him and through him that the world might be saved. And so these Amen. people they ignore what it is that is their very salvation because they're afraid of being condemned and it's not even our job to condemn mm. their ultimate salvation is still that's still for them to decide ultimately yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's not permanent not set in stone and as long as you have a breath in your body there's there's a chance to repent amen you know philippians two twelve says we are called to work out our salvation in fear and trembling and so we walk with the fear of God, which is a great gift of the Holy Spirit insofar as we walk with that deep, awe-like reverence before God in all that we do. Not based upon what we think we know, but based upon uh, truth because of what we studied. And that's not unique to homosexuals. It's to all, all sinners. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All men, all women have to deal with lustful thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're all called to be pure. We are all called to be chaste. We are all called to be whole. And for this, uh, indeed, yeah, we give glory to God. I just want to close with a paragraph from the Catechism of the Catholic Church here real fast, Andrew, uh, paragraph 2359. that says, Homosexual persons are called to chastity by the virtues of self-mastery that teach them inner freedom, at times by prayer and sacramental grace. They can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. Uh, it goes on to say, the Catechism, that each person is called to fulfill God's will in their lives, and if they are Christians, to unite to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross the difficulties they may encounter from their condition, from their orientation. And so maybe we wrap up with a word of prayer, Andrew, a word of petition for intercession. Mm-hmm interceding on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ who find themselves attracted to the same sex um, and mindful of our own sins, like David long ago, who saw his sins before him like a thin veneer, right? that we might be present to our own sin. I'm not condemning, not condemning, no, but bringing truth to light so that we might become a better version of who God is calling us to be. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.